Holly G with the Golf Insiders, and my special guest today is Damon Hack, co-host of Golf Today on the Golf Channel. Hello, Big D. Holly G, what's going on? Uh, happy, what, Masters, A&A, uh, National Women's Amateur, Drive Chip, and uh, what a great time of year for those who love this great game. That is the truth, my friend. Big, big week on so many levels. Uh, we've got the Augusta National Women's Amateur, uh, the finals happening tomorrow, which will be covered on Golf Channel. We've got Drive, Chip, and Putt on Sunday, which is always so much fun to watch, and it's going to be Easter Sunday. So big lineup with the Golf Channel, as well as the first major, the ANA Inspiration on the LPGA Tour. Uh, let's start with the Augusta National Women's Am. Uh, can you share with our listeners how how that format works and uh, what we can expect tomorrow? Yeah, what a great, uh, great experience this has been now. This is the second edition. Of course, we didn't have one in 2020 because of COVID, so the second edition of the Augusta National Women's Amateur. You had 82 of the best uh, young players in the women's game, amateur players competing over 36 holes at Champions Retreat. That was over Wednesday and Thursday. Friday, of course, spent on the grounds of Augusta National for all 82 competitors, even the, the, the players who didn't make the cut. So you have 30 players competing in the final round of the Augusta National Women's Amateur. That's on Saturday. But every player who competed over the first 36 holes gets to play a practice round on Friday, which I think is just kind of really special to allow these young players to be on property and hit the shot, even if they won't play this year. Because a lot of the folks who don't make the cut this year, of course, will be able to play uh, a year or two or maybe even three years from now. So I love how Augusta National allows for the practice round for all of the competitors, even if they don't make it into Saturday's final round. Well, Rose Zhang is uh, at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, she's the top-ranked amateur in the world right now and just won, uh, what, her first Symmetra Tour event a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, she, uh, she lost in the playoff in that Symmetra Tour event, but she is quite the young talent, 17 years of age, uh, on her way to Stanford, and really no surprise to see her playing so well. She was the favorite going in, and it's interesting Holly G, a couple years ago, Jennifer Cupcho was the number one ranked amateur in the world and played like it and won in that incredible duel with Maria Fossey. And so Rose Zane kind of picking up where Jennifer Cupcho left off. I was just watching Beth Ann Nichols of Golf Week on with Cara Banks from Augusta National, uh, and they were talking about the maturity of this young player who practices early in the morning before she goes to school. She really has a regimented schedule, but she knows what she wants to do, and that's to be one of the best players in the world. Brandel Shambly compared her putting stroke, by the way, to that of N.B. Park. Wow. Um, very high praise for someone just 17 years of age. Yes, N.B. Smooth as Silk Park, who won last week in Carlsbad. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that, those are some high accolades for sure, Damon. Oh, absolutely, and it's neat to see some young players that are coming on the scene that are kind of paying tribute to or inspired by some of the legends of the game, and we know that Envy Park is truly one of the legends 
so neat to see her win that 21st LPGA victory at the Kia Classic, a tournament she'd never won before, and also in the mix at the A&A Inspiration, which she has won before. So it's just neat that we have an abundance of stories to talk about. What a magical couple of weeks if you love this game, the amateur game, the pro game, the men's game, the women's game. Everything you like is available over these couple of weeks. Uh, speaking of uh, some past experience and, um, you know, legends to follow, Michelle Wee. It's been 18 years, Damon, since her debut at the ANA Inspiration in 2003. That blows my mind. It's amazing that she's still a relatively young player. She's 31 years of age, but she's been around seemingly forever. She's now married. She's a mom. And so neat that she's healthy. And she's talked about wanting to play golf now kind of beyond herself, for her daughter. So her daughter, McKenna, knows what she does for a living and had a really good, strong opening round at the ANA Inspiration. We know it's a golf course. She's played very well. She's been to low amateur before, a couple of top tens. She finished runner-up to Lexi Thompson in 2014. So one of her favorite golf courses. She, of course, spent a lot of time in California, went to Stanford, so very comfortable on the grasses at Mission Hills, the par fives are almost all reachable for her. She has not lost any of her length off the tee. So that golf swing has been uh, timeless. Uh, she's taken with it from time to time, but as far as her height and the long levers that she has and the speed she can create, there's still a lot of that good old Michelle Wee DNA in that golf swing, even as it's changed a little bit, gotten shorter from time to time, and maybe not as free-flowing as it was when she was a teenager, but I still believe that there's a lot of great golf left for Michelle. We, if she can stay healthy, if she can stay motivated, and so far we're seeing that the answer is in the affirmative to both so far this week out in the California desert. Yeah, absolutely. And she um, has suffered from some injuries in the past, and I know uh, there's probably some people out there that have wondered what happened to Michelle Wee, but she's as we often talk about uh, as players move, you know, from their 20s to the 30s, uh, settle down, if you will, get married, have kids, uh, that, you know, that can change a lot of perspective in your life and give you some new mojo. It really can. And this is someone whose life has been lived in the public eye of probably uh, sooner than it should have been. You know, there was a lot of pressure put on her. Also, a lot of great opportunities, financial standpoint, and she became the face of the women's game. Uh, maybe not the career that we thought she would have, though she is a major championship winner, winning that U.S. Women's Open in 2014 at Piners Number Two. But I do think that the the kind of renewed, fresh perspective that she has on the game, because she has suffered with injury, because she struggled uh, for time to to break 80, you know, to see her now kind of with a renewed vigor and a renewed love of this game, maybe we can start to see Michelle Wee play for a longer stretch of golf, the type of golf that we were all predicting we would see some 15 years ago. Um, you know, one thing that we know over the past uh, decade, especially on the LPGA Tour, we've seen the rise of Korean players. And you are someone that's been very forthcoming on the topic of race in America and 
you know, sadly, we've seen this rise of anti-Asian sentiment and hate crimes recently that's just so disturbing, uh, Damon. And uh, Lydia Ko recently spoke out about this on a podcast uh, on Golf Channel and just wondering your thoughts on it. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm married to a, a, a woman from Hong Kong, so this has been something that's been discussed in my house as well, and Lydia Ko wanting to become a face for this issue and to talk about some of the prejudice and bigotry that uh, the AAPI community has faced over the last year or so uh, during this pandemic. And it's not easy to talk about. It, it, it's kind of this is not necessarily her comfort zone, but I think that Lydia Ko is such a wonderful deep thinker, well-respected person who uh, only wants good for society. She is someone who also has grown up in the public eye, also has had some struggles with her game, but having been around her both during winning times and struggling times, she's very consistent in her kind of attitude and how she carries herself. So no surprise to me that Lydia Ko would speak from the heart on an issue that is very, very tough for some people to talk about. Speaking of uh, various important news, um, we have found out that uh, the Sheriff's Department out in Los Angeles has determined the cause of Tiger's crash, Damon, but uh, protecting his privacy, they're saying, from revealing anything more. Any update on that? Yeah, I saw that same report, and um, it's just been so much rumor and speculation on what happened and what caused that unfortunate crash, and I don't know uh, any news beyond the, the most recent headline that the L.A. Uh, department has, because the reaction, the, the, the reality of what happened on that uh, fateful day, I wonder why they're protecting Tiger. I, I wonder, as a member of the media, um, if there will be a time when that, that news is, is clear and comes forth. Um, my thoughts are with Tiger, obviously. Uh, I'm glad that no one else was injured. I'm glad that uh, no one was killed, most importantly him. Um, and I'm sad that, um, that we don't really know uh, everything at this point. But my hope is that at some point, whether it's Tiger himself or someone uh, close to him or if he's comfortable enough to, to, to let us know what happened, I'm sure a lot of people want to know, but I feel like the majority and the overwhelming sentiment is thankfulness that, that no one was killed, that Tiger was at least able to be with his family once again. And Karen Overholzer said something great on golf today. He said, Tiger has entertained us for long enough now, and he really needs to get his life together clearly. Whatever caused that accident uh, for a grown man, you know, in the morning hours in Los Angeles, uh, clearly something wasn't right. Uh, I don't know what that was, but I do know that maybe this is less about Tiger and his golf and more about Tiger uh, and his humanity at this point. Very, very well said. Uh, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, Sunday, another big event on the Golf Channel, the finals of the drive, chip, and putt. Damon, you've got three triplet boys in your family uh, that are of the age for participation in the drive, chip, and putt. Any any uh, thoughts of, of your young golfers uh, competing? And, and this, this really is some pressure for these kids. It really is. I tell you, my, my boys uh, enjoy the game. 
Uh, they're more tennis players than golfers at this point in terms of the, where they spend the majority of their time. Uh-huh. Uh, basketball is high on the list as well. Uh, my boys have a long way to go <laughs> to catch up with some of these youngsters that we'll see on Sunday at Augusta National. And they like to hit the ball. They can drive it okay and chip and putt. But these kids are are really kind of miniature pros. You can tell the hours that they put in. And my boys have played a lot more tennis. And golf is, is definitely more of a hobby uh, as opposed to a passion at this point. But for the 40 boys and 40 girls we'll see on Sunday, it is, uh, it's definitely uh, almost a life's calling at this point in terms of how they prepare, how they play, and their skill set. Plus, you have a bunch of returning players as well. So always uh, a joyful day to see young people get a chance to, you know, hit, hit a drive and, you know, hit a putt on the 18th green where so many legends have done so. And also to see some Masters champions out there in the green jacket, Adam Scott and Bubba Watson, for example, two players who uh, historically – always show up on that Sunday before the Masters to watch the youngsters do their thing. Yeah, they they are beyond adorable and uh, certainly look like um, they're, they are pros uh, in the making for sure. It's uh, it's really fun to just see how they carry themselves and their mannerisms. You, you can tell some of them that, you know, uh, sort of model themselves after their favorite players. It's It's just so much fun. It really is, and what a great opportunity for them to to spend some time at a place where, you know, for for a lot of people, they, they wouldn't even imagine, you know. Remember back in the day when the Masters coverage was so limited, you barely got to see uh, all of the shots, you know. You wouldn't see the front nine, for example, for many years. And now with the onset of the drive, chip, and putt, and the Augusta National Women's Amateur, and, and Masters.com with featured group coverage and hole-by-hole coverage, we're seeing almost every nook and cranny uh, that there is to see of Augusta National and, and how neat that these little feet can can walk where the legends walk and hit the same shots that, that the legends have hit and memories uh, for a lifetime for these children and young people, but for their families as well. Yeah, it used to just be a thought in your mind, right, Damon, when you were growing up, you know, to have that winning putt on the 18th at Augusta. Uh, and, and now these kids actually get the chance to, to uh, experience it and take that one step forward. But speaking of the green jacket and this big week for women's golf, do you think we'll see a green jacket at some point be competed for on the LPGA Tour, Damon? I tell you, I, I've heard the sentiment, and I do think so. I, I think that as much as I love seeing the amateurs get this opportunity, you can't help but think about the best players in the world and the Jim Young Coes and the N.B. Parks and the Lexi Thompsons and how neat it would be to see, you know, the Stacey Lewis's of the world who competed at the old course at St. Andrews and Carnoustie and some of these incredible temples of our sport get a chance to compete at the ultimate temple in America, and that, of course, is Augusta National. So, you know, you can never say never. Uh, we know that things at Augusta tend to move slowly and mm-hmm. at the pace of the members there and, and what they deem is what they want to do. But uh, I tell you what, over the last five to ten years, we've seen a lot of change, a lot of progress, 
And I think that as the more and more that we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the more that we hear from the likes of Christy Kerr and Lexi Thompson who want to compete at Augusta National, I think it's an inevitability, and I think it will be wonderful, not just for the women and the competitors, but for the fans at home who love to see those azaleas and dogwoods at Augusta National year after year. That's right. Bring it on. It could be the azalea jacket, the magnolia jacket, some beautiful pink jacket is what I'm envisioning, Damon. But uh, this would be, you know, Augusta National really has been, you know, such a beacon to, to you know, push uh, amateur golf and, and make all these, you know, great moves to uh, expand the game. And, um, hey, I've got my uh, women's golf banner on today. So come on, Augusta. Let's step up here. And we're just around the corner, of course, for the Big Tee Off on Monday. So uh, share with my listeners what coverage is going to look like on the Golf Channel. I know you're heading up there this weekend. And what can we expect? Yeah, it's going to be a wall-to-wall coverage. Golf today gives way to live from, so we almost all live from the Masters and Golf Central. Brandel's already there, Cara Banks. Uh, my partner, Shane Bacon's heading there on Sunday. I head there on Saturday. You'll see the likes of Steve Sands and Todd Lewis, and we'll be doing the storytelling, you know, before and after uh, the rounds that you'll see, um, especially on CBS. You'll see a lot of live from after uh, the CBS coverage on the weekend, on Saturday, and, of course, on Sunday night. So it's just a, it's a wonderful time of year. The long range forecast looks terrific for Georgia and Augusta specifically. So uh, we'll see if Dustin Johnson can join the likes of Jack Nicklaus or Nick Faldo and Tiger Woods as back-to-back Masters champions. Yeah, I, I think uh, he's got some extra motivation to keep that jacket as, uh, you know, five months probably isn't quite long enough, Damon. <laughs> it's a good point, you know. Think about Shane Lowry and how long he got to keep the Claire Jug, and he's still uh, the, the champion golfer of the two years, I guess, since he's right. waiting for the Open. So, uh, yeah, DJ does not want to, to be a, a five-month uh, defending champ. He would love to, to do the daily double and, and keep that distinction for another year. Well, uh, like you said, a great couple of weeks of golf. Hard to believe we're, we're turning the corner here. Um, and... Uh, ready for our first PGA Tour major of the year. We always appreciate your time, Damon. Have a happy Easter. Thank you so much, and uh, safe trip, my friend. Thank you so much, Holly G. I'll talk to you soon.